section thirty one part two chapter two of the four horsemen of the apocalypse by vicente blasco ibanez this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two new life when marguerite was able to return to the studio in the rue de la pompe julio who had been living in a perpetual bad humor seeing everything in the blackest colors suddenly felt a return of his old optimism the war was not going to be so cruel as they all had at first imagined the day had passed by and the movements of the troops were beginning to be less noticeable as the number of men diminished in the streets the feminine population seemed to have increased although there was great scarcity of money the banks still remained closed the necessity for it was increasingly great in order to secure provisions memories of the famine of the siege of seventy tormented the imagination since war had broken out with the same enemy it seemed but logical to everybody to expect a repetition of the same happenings the storehouses were besieged by women who were securing stale food at exorbitant prices in order to store it in their homes future hunger was producing more terror than immediate dangers for young desnoyers these were about all the transformations that war was creating around him people would finally become accustomed to the new existence humanity has a certain reserve force of adaptation which enables it to mould itself to circumstances and continue existing he was hoping to continue his life as though nothing had happened it was enough for him that marguerite should continue faithful to their past together they would see events slipping by them with the cruel luxuriousness of those who from an inaccessible height contemplate a flood without the slightest risk to themselves this selfish attitude had also become habitual to argensola let us be neutral the bohemian would say neutrality does not necessarily mean indifference let us enjoy the great spectacle since nothing like it will ever happen again in our lifetime it was unfortunate that war should happen to come when they had so little money argensola was hating the banks even more than the central powers distinguishing with special antipathy the trust company which was delaying payment of julio's check how lovely it would have been with this sum available to have forestalled events by laying in every class of commodity in order to supplement the domestic scrimping he again had to solicit the aid of dona luisa war had lessened don marcelo's precautions and the family was now living in generous unconcern the mother like other house mistresses had stored up provisions for months and months to come buying whatever eatables she was able to lay hands on argensola took advantage of this abundance repeating his visits to the home in the avenue victor hugo descending its service stairway with great packages which were swelling the supplies in the studio he felt all the joys of a good housekeeper in surveying the treasures piled up in the kitchen great tins of canned meat pyramids of 
butter crocks and bags of dried vegetables he had accumulated enough there to maintain a large family the war had now offered a new pretext for him to visit don marcelo's wine vaults let them come he would say with a heroic gesture as he took stock of his treasure trove let them come when they will we are ready for them the care and increase of his provisions and the investigation of news were the two functions of his existence it seemed necessary to procure ten twelve fifteen papers a day some because they were reactionary and the novelty of seeing all the french united filled him with enthusiasm others because they were radical and must be better informed of the news received from the government they generally appeared at midday at three at four and at five in the afternoon a half hour's delay in the publication of the sheet raised great hopes in the public on the qui vive for stupendous news all the last supplements were snatched up everybody had his pockets stuffed with papers waiting anxiously the issue of extras in order to buy them too yet all the sheets were saying approximately the same thing argensola was developing a credulous enthusiastic soul capable of admitting many improbable things he presumed that this same spirit was probably animating everybody around him at times his old critical attitude would threaten to rebel but doubt was repulsed as something dishonorable he was living in a new world and it was but natural that extraordinary things should occur that could be neither measured nor explained by the old processes of reasoning so he commented with infantile joy on the marvellous accounts in the daily papers of combats between a single belgian platoon and entire regiments of enemies putting them to disorderly flight of the german fear of the bayonet that made them run like hares the instant that the charge sounded of the inefficiency of the german artillery whose projectiles always missed fire it was logical and natural that little belgium should conquer gigantic germany a repetition of david and goliath with all the metaphors and images that this unequal contest had inspired across so many centuries like the greater part of the nation he had the mentality of a reader of tales of chivalry who feels himself defrauded if the hero single-handed fails to cleave a thousand enemies with one fell stroke he purposely chose the most sensational papers those which published many stories of single encounters of individual deeds about which nobody could know with any degree of certainty the intervention of england on the seas made him imagine a frightful famine coming providentially like a thunderclap to torture the enemy he honestly believed that ten days of this maritime blockade would convert germany into a group of shipwrecked sailors floating on a raft this vision made him repeat his visits to the kitchen to gloat over his packages of provisions ah what they would give in berlin for my treasures never had argensola eaten with greater avidity consideration of the great privations suffered by the adversary was sharpening his appetite to a monstrous capacity white bread golden brown and crusty was stimulating him to an almost religious ecstasy if friend william could only get his claws on this he would chuckle to his companion so 
he chewed and swallowed with increasing relish solids and liquids on passing through his mouth seemed to be acquiring a new flavor rare and divine distant hunger for him was a stimulant a sauce of endless delight while france was inspiring his enthusiasm he was conceding greater credit to russia ah those cossacks he was accustomed to speak of them as intimate friends he loved to describe the unbridled gallop of the wild horsemen impalpable as phantoms and so terrible in their wrath that the enemy could not look them in the face the concierge and the stay-at-homes used to listen to him with all the respect due to a foreign gentleman knowing much of the great outside world with which they were not familiar the cossacks will adjust the accounts of these bandits he would conclude with absolute assurance within a month they will have entered berlin and his public composed of women wives and mothers of those who had gone to war would modestly agree with him with that irresistible desire which we all feel of placing our hopes on something distant and mysterious the french would defend the country reconquering besides the lost territories but the cossacks of whom so many were speaking but so few had seen were going to give the death blow the only person who knew them at first hand was tchernoff and to argensola's astonishment he listened to his words without showing any enthusiasm the cossacks were for him simply one body of the russian army good enough soldiers but incapable of working miracles that everybody was expecting from them that tchernoff exclaimed argensola since he hates the czar he thinks the entire country mad he is a revolutionary fanatic and i am opposed to all fanaticisms julio was listening absent-mindedly to the news brought by his companion the vibrating statements recited in declamatory tones the plans of the campaign traced out on an enormous map fastened to the wall of the studio and bristling with tiny flags that marked the camps of the belligerent armies every issue of the papers obliged the spaniard to arrange a new dance of the pins on the map followed by his comments of bomb-proof optimism we have entered into alsace very good it appears now that we abandon alsace splendid i suspect the cause it is in order to enter again in a better place getting at the enemy from behind they say that liege has fallen what a lie and if it does fall it doesn't matter just an incident nothing more the others remain the others that are advancing on the eastern side and are going to enter berlin the news from the russian front was his favorite but obliged him to remain in suspense every time that he tried to find on the map the obscure names of the places where the admired cossacks were exhibiting their wonderful exploits meanwhile julio was continuing the course of his own reflections marguerite she had come back at last and yet each time seemed to be drifting further away from him in the first days of the mobilization he had haunted her neighborhood trying to appease his longing by this illusory proximity marguerite had written to him urging patience how fortunate it was that he was a foreigner and would not have to endure the hardship of war her brother an officer in the artillery reserves was going at almost any minute her mother who made her home with this bachelor's son had kept an astonishing serenity up to the last minute although she had wept much while the war was still but a possibility 
she herself had prepared the soldier's outfit so that the small valise might contain all that was indispensable for campaign life but marguerite had divined her poor mother's secret struggles not to reveal her despair in moist eyes and trembling hands it was impossible to leave her alone at such a time then had come the farewell god be with you my son do your duty but be prudent not a tear not a sign of weakness all her family had advised her not to accompany her son to the railway station so his sister had gone with him and upon returning home marguerite had found her mother rigid in her armchair with a set face avoiding all mention of her son speaking of the friends who had also sent their boys to the war as if they only could comprehend her torture poor mamma i ought to be with her now more than ever to-morrow if i can i shall come to see you when at last she returned to the rue de la pompe her first care was to explain to julio the conservatism of her tailored suit the absence of jewels in the adornment of her person the war my dear now it is the chic thing to adapt oneself to the depressing conditions to be frugal and inconspicuous like soldiers who knows what we may expect her infatuation with dress still accompanied her in every moment of her life julio noticed a persistent absent-mindedness about her it seemed as though her spirit abandoning her body was wandering to far-away places her eyes were looking at him but she seldom saw him she would speak very slowly as though wishing to weigh every word fearful of betraying some secret this spiritual alienation did not however prevent her from slipping bodily along the smooth path of custom although afterwards she would seem to feel a vague remorse i wonder if it is right to do this is it not wrong to live like this when so many sorrows are falling on the world julio hushed her scruples with but if we are going to marry as soon as possible if we are already the same as husband and wife she replied with a gesture of strangeness and dismay to marry ten days ago she had had no other wish now the possibility of marriage was recurring less and less in her thoughts why think about such remote and uncertain events more immediate things were occupying her mind the farewell to her brother in the station was a scene which had fixed itself ineradicably in her memory upon going to the studio she had planned not to speak about it foreseeing that she might annoy her lover with this account but alas she had only to vow not to mention a thing to feel an irresistible impulse to talk about it she had never suspected that she could love her brother so dearly her former affection for him had been mingled with a silent sentiment of jealousy because her mother had preferred the older child besides he was the one who had introduced laurier to his home the two held diplomas as industrial engineers and had been close friends from their school days but upon seeing the boy ready to depart marguerite suddenly discovered that this brother who had always been of secondary interest to her was now occupying a preeminent place in her affections he was so handsome so interesting in his lieutenant's uniform he looked like another person i will admit to you that i was very proud to walk beside him 
leaning on his arm people thought that we were married seeing me weep some poor women tried to console me saying courage madame your man will come back he just laughed at hearing these mistakes the only thing that was really saddening him was thinking about our mother they had separated at the door of the station the sentries would not let her go any further so she had handed over his sword that she had wished to carry till the last moment it is lovely to be a man she exclaimed enthusiastically i would love to wear a uniform to go to war to be of some real use she tried not to say more about it as though she suddenly realized the inopportuneness of her last words perhaps she noticed the scowl on julio's face she was however so wrought up by the memory of that farewell that after a long pause she was unable to resist the temptation of again putting her thought into words at the station entrance while she was kissing her brother for the last time she had an encounter a great surprise he had approached also clad as an artillery officer but alone having to entrust his valise to a good-natured man from the crowd julio shot her a questioning look who was he he suspected but feigned ignorance as though fearing to learn the truth laurier she replied laconically my former husband the lover displayed a cruel irony it was a cowardly thing to ridicule this man who had responded to the call of duty he recognized his vileness but a malign and irresistible instinct made him keep on with his sneers in order to discredit the man before marguerite laurier a soldier he must cut a pretty figure dressed in uniform laurier the warrior he continued in a voice so sarcastic and strange that it seemed to be coming from somebody else poor creature she hesitated in her response not wishing to exasperate desnoyers any further but the truth was uppermost in her mind and she said simply no no he didn't look so bad quite the contrary perhaps it was a uniform perhaps it was his sadness at going away alone completely alone without a single hand to clasp his i didn't recognize him at first seeing my brother he started toward us but then when he saw me he went his own way poor man i feel sorry for him her feminine instinct must have told her that she was talking too much and she cut her chatter suddenly short the same instinct warned her that julio's countenance was growing more and more saturnine and his mouth taking a very bitter curve she wanted to console him and added what luck that you are a foreigner and will not have to go to the war how horrible it would be for me to lose you she said it sincerely a few moments before she had been envying men admiring the gallantry with which they were exposing their lives and now she was trembling before the idea that her lover might have been one of these this did not please his amorous egoism to be placed apart from the rest as a delicate and fragile being only fit for feminine adoration he preferred to inspire the envy that she had felt on beholding her brother decked out in his warlike accoutrement it seemed to him that something was coming between him and marguerite that would never disappear that would go on expanding repelling them in contrary directions 
far very far even to the point of not recognizing each other when their glances met he continued to be conscious of this impalpable obstacle in their following interviews marguerite was extremely affectionate in her speech and would look at him with moist and loving eyes but her caressing hands appeared more like those of a mother than a lover and her tenderness was accompanied with a certain disinterestedness and extraordinary modesty she seemed to prefer remaining obstinately in the studio declining to go into the other rooms we are so comfortable here i would rather not it is not worth while i should feel remorse afterwards why think of such things in these anxious times the world around her seemed saturated with love but it was a new love a love for the man who is suffering desire for abnegation for sacrifice this love called forth visions of white caps of tremulous hands healing shell-riddled and bleeding flesh every advance on julio's part but aroused in marguerite a vehement and modest protest as though they were meeting for the first time it is impossible she protested i keep thinking of my brother and of so many that i know that may be dying at this very minute news of battles were beginning to arrive and blood was beginning to flow in great quantities no no i cannot she kept repeating and when julio finally triumphed he found that her thoughts were still following independently the same line of mental stress one afternoon marguerite announced that henceforth she would see him less frequently she was attending classes now and had only two free days desnoyers listened dumbfounded classes what were her studies she seemed a little irritated at his mocking expression yes she was studying for the past week she had been attending classes now the lessons were going to be more regular the course of instruction had been fully organized and there were many more instructors i wish to be a trained nurse i am distressed over my uselessness of what good have i ever been till now she was silent for a few moments as though reviewing her past at times i almost think she mused that war with all its horrors still has some good in it it helps to make us useful to our fellow-men we look at life more seriously trouble makes us realize that we have come into the world for some purpose i believe that we must not love life only for the pleasures that it brings us we ought to find satisfaction in sacrifice in dedicating ourselves to others and this satisfaction i don't know just why perhaps because it is new appears to me superior to all other things julio looked at her in surprise trying to imagine what was going on in that idolized and frivolous head what ideas were forming back of that thoughtful forehead which until then had merely reflected the slightest shadow of thoughts as swift and flitting as birds but the former marguerite was still alive he saw her constantly reappearing in a funny way among the sombre preoccupations with which war was overshadowing all lives we have to study very hard in order to earn our diplomas as nurses have you noticed our uniform it is most distinctive and the white is so becoming both to blondes and brunettes then the cap which allows little curls over the ears the fashionable coiffure 
and the blue cape over the white suit make a splendid contrast with this outfit a woman well shod and with few jewels may present a truly chic appearance it is a mixture of nun and great lady which is vastly becoming she was going to study with a regular fury in order to become really useful and sooner to wear the admired uniform poor desnoyers the longing to see her and the lack of occupation in these interminable afternoons which hitherto had been employed so delightfully compelled him to haunt the neighborhood of the unoccupied palace where the government had just established the training school for nurses stationing himself at the corner watching the fluttering skirts and quick steps of the feminine feet on the sidewalk he imagined that the course of time must have turned backward and that he was still but eighteen the same as when he used to hang around the establishments of some celebrated modiste the groups of women that at certain hours came out of the palace suggested these former days they were dressed extremely quietly the aspect of many of them as humble as that of the seamstresses but they were ladies of the well-to-do class some even coming in automobiles driven by chauffeurs in military uniform because they were ministerial vehicles these long waits often brought him unexpected encounters with the elegant students who were going and coming desnoyers some feminine voices would exclaim behind him isn't it desnoyers and he would find himself obliged to relieve their doubts saluting the ladies who were looking at him as though he were a ghost they were friends of a remote epoch of six months ago ladies who had admired and pursued him trusting sweetly to his masterly wisdom to guide them through the seven circles of the science of the tango they were now scrutinizing him as if between their last encounter and the present moment had occurred a great cataclysm transforming all the laws of existence as if he were the sole survivor of a vanished race eventually they all asked the same questions are you not going to the war how is it that you are not wearing a uniform he would attempt to explain but at his first words they would interrupt him that's so you are a foreigner they would say it with a certain envy doubtless thinking of their loved ones now suffering the privations and dangers of war but the fact that he was a foreigner would instantly create a vague atmosphere of spiritual aloofness an alienation that julio had not known in the good old days when people sought each other without considering nationality without feeling that disavowal of danger which isolates and concentrates human groups the ladies generally bade him adieu with malicious suspicion what was he doing hanging around there in search of his usual lucky adventure and their smiles were rather grave the smiles of older folk who know the true significance of life and commiserate the deluded ones still seeking diversion in frivolities this attitude was as annoying to julio as though it were a manifestation of pity they were supposing him still exercising the only function of which he was capable he wasn't good for anything else on the other hand these empty heads still keeping something of their old appearance now appeared animated by the grand sentiment of maternity an abstract maternity which seemed to be extending to all the men of the nation a desire for self-sacrifice of knowing firsthand the privations of the lowly and aiding all the ills that flesh is heir to this same yearning was inspiring marguerite when she came away from her lessons 
she was advancing from one overpowering dread to another accepting the first rudiments of surgery as the greatest of scientific marvels at the same time she was astonished at the avidity with which she was assimilating these hitherto unsuspected mysteries sometimes with a funny assumption of assurance she would even believe that she had mistaken her vocation who knows but i was born to be a famous doctor she would exclaim End of section thirty one